0: All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. We have an awesome episode for you this week. We're talking about how to develop your staff. Check that out. You need it. We're going to be talking a little office talk. Closing thought of the episode, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, my Ultimate ODs, it's great to talk to you tonight. We have some good stuff for you, uh, just some general housekeeping. Remember, like us on Facebook, Instagram, any of our uh, pages, Uh Sign up for that email list. So after this episode, we'll have something that we're going to send to all the people that are signed up on the mailing list. If you sign up after the episode, we'll still send it out to you. But this is something you're going to want to make your offices better. So today I was going grocery shopping, which I often do, and listen to a podcast while I shop. I just like to do that. It's, uh, it's actually something I slightly look forward to. What was I listening to? And it was an interview with... Terrell Davis, if you don't know your sports history, he was a running back for the Denver Broncos. He had like four great seasons. He got to the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's usually very little to, you know, you need to be better over a longer period of time. But he was so good in those seasons that uh got elected to the Hall of Fame. And one of the questions the interviewer asked him was, what's the difference between a like great college running back and then a great pro? And... Some of the things that he said were just profound. I thought they were very enlightening, I think it applies to what we do. And he basically said, one, don't think that when you go from college to the NFL, you're going to do everything the same way, okay? Like, you're going to have to start. Don't just think you're going to pick up where you left off. It's a whole new game. Have your mindset like, okay, you're going to get in there and go after it, right? You're going to learn a new game, work hard, and you'll be fine. And another thing he said was, it's a process that takes time. If you're in a nurturing, good environment, you're going to learn what to do. So one of the examples he used was Jonathan Taylor this year, who's just having an amazing year. So again, irrelevant to what we're talking about, but amazing year. But he said, if you look at what he did the past two years, he split time with another running back, right? He came in and his expectation was just do so much. Don't worry about being a superstar. And he was disciplined. He learned what he had to do. He picked up, and now he's just amazing, right? And that kind of made me think of what we do as the CEOs of our office and the leaders of the staff, right? And, you know, if you ask any optometrist, any owner, what's one of our biggest headaches, you know, customer issues or staffing issues? And I think staffing would probably be number one, right? But, there's a weird, sick little part of me that absolutely loves staffing. Okay. In and in a, give me, I don't like hiring and firing and doing all that, but I love developing the staff. I love bringing someone in that knows nothing about optometry and getting them where they need to be, seeing them do something and achieve goals that they, they just didn't think were possible. You know, they know nothing about the eye and now they're helping and solving people's problems. They know a lot about you know glasses they know a lot about workups about the eye and optometry as a whole right and i take a lot of pride in that i love to do that i love also developing the culture and guiding them to where i want them to go and that's that's running a business right that's having that big picture and knowing what you're doing and it's a process you know you have people that come in and i hire people straight off the street that have no experience, right? So I'll train them and go and see what they become. I take a lot of pride in that. I can just hire someone without experience and they can do what I need to do. We can be a thriving, awesome optometric office. And it's because we have great staff that are great people first and we teach them everything else, right? I think too often you hire people because they have experience and their personality sucks. You're never going to get around that and your office will suck too, period. Hard stop. Right? So, how do you do that? How do we get our staff to develop and be better? I'm going to give you the keys, my friends. The key to doing that, number one, is staff evaluations. All right? You have to do them. It has to happen. Feedback is what they need to get better and grow. And now, there's a way you got to present that feedback. If you just come down on them and then break them down, tell them everything you're doing bad, you think that's going to resonate real well? That's going to get a lot of results? Come on. You're. Don't have to be a rocket scientist to say, no, that's not going to help, right? But it's also you can't just go in there and build them up if they're doing something wrong. How do we attack this? What do we do? So let's, let's go over this. But one key thing to remember, and I think this is crucial, and you should file this away. If a staff member hears something new or for the first time about their performance in the end of the year evaluation, you... Yes, you listening to this, you ultimate OD out there have failed them, okay? You have to give them feedback. You have to be talking about this on a daily basis, on a weekly, monthly. This is why you have office meetings. They need to know what the standard is and where they are falling in regards to that standard, okay? If they're just finding out like, hey, you're not doing real good at this. They're like, that is a news to me. You're never going to have a staff that develops and gets good. They're also going to feel blindsided and not really listen like, Well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you do this? All these questions and it won't be as effective and productive. So work on that. So to get them to be the best they possibly can be, you yourself need to know where you're going. Listen to previous episodes when we talked about the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. You need to know what you want the office to be, right? If you don't know the direction you want to go that you're steering the office, how in the world are you going to get all these little pieces and parts to go in that direction? Right? If you have a ship without a rudder, you will go nowhere. So you have to develop that rudder. Get that goal. So if you haven't done that, don't do a staff evaluation yet because this is key. Know what you want the office to be. All right. From there, you need to make sure, and this is over the course of the year. If you haven't done this yet, this is going to be a process. It's going to take probably about a year. right? But does the staff know the direction that you're going? Do they know what you're trying to accomplish and do? What is the greater good? Not just for them, but for the office, right? This is that big picture thing that you talk about every month at your office meeting that you must do. Listen to previous episodes if you don't know about the office meeting, all right? They also need to know their role in the plan to get to that ultimate goal, right? If they don't feel like they're part of it, they're not gonna buy on, they're not gonna invest, they're gonna look somewhere else. They wanna be part of of the solution. Right. This is where you work your magic, where you show them the dream, you dangle the carrot and then you help get them there. Right. So this is like behavioral economics. Right. What is their incentive? How do you get them to do what you need to do? So again, know your big goal. They need to know their role. And then you got to get that carrot. Right. So if you look at anything online, if you're looking, how do you have a good performance evaluation? Why do you set goals? You're going to hear set a smart goal right, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-based, okay, you may hear some things that you want to increase productivity, you want to be more efficient, you want to make sure they're educated, you know, in set educational type goal or there's personal development in that, all right, I agree, yes, that all sounds really good, but I'm going to make it a little bit more simple for you, you want to make sure that their goals are the carrots that are going towards the big picture, all right, Set a goal that helps you get what you want. Now, again, they have to you know, feel like they belong to this, that there's inherent value for them, that it has a purpose, right? That all the smart goals are not bad. All those things, productivity, increasing efficiency, education, personal help, that does matter, right? Those are your tools that you're gonna to do to dangle the carrot, right? Like, I want you to do this because then it'll be more efficient and then we can do X, Y, or Z and then you'll have more time to do this, right? Again, you have to be a master of words or persuasion you have to get them to believe and buy in but your ultimate goal in the most simplest terms is make this cog in the machine do what you need them to do to get where you want to go period right okay so how do you do that you kind of think of like the lawyer you know old adage that goes a good lawyer never asks a question without already knowing the answer right? When you have this evaluation with them, the things you want them to do, how they feel about this position or the role you want them to to fill, you need to know what they think about that, right? So if you have someone that you're like, I really want you to be in charge of our optical and they hate dealing with people, they like the back end stuff and this is the goal you set for them, how do you think that's going to go over? Not very good. Unless you see potential and they're just scared, right? There's things like that that'll come up or they're a little lazy? No, no one is lazy where they, you know, are happy with what they are doing and they don't want to do more because what's the benefit for them? Yes, that happens, right? But you have to find a way to motivate them to see what their skill set is and how that benefits the office. How can you utilize those skills and make them enjoy it? Okay, this is an art, but this is, if you're, if you're listening to this, you realize a lot of this falls on you, right? Top down. We always talk about that. You need to know where you're going. You need to know what they want to do. You need to know their skill set. You have to be able to evaluate that. This is like the hiring process. When you get them in here, it doesn't stop. You have to see how they develop, what they're good at, what they can grow into. Okay? So never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. So when you're going over goals or things you're talking about, you need to have a general idea of where they stand. Well, how would I have a general idea without talking to them? Yes. Yes. This is, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. This is the handout that I'll give you. I gave this to my staff. It's a, we'll call it a pre-evaluation form that they fill out. Uh, A preview, if you will. A, you know, entree to, or a appetizer to what their palate for the main entree. So, seven, eight questions that I always ask. So, you prepare them by asking them, what is the goal at our office? Now, again, this is not your mission statement, okay? This is not your pillars. Remember, we've talked about these, the pillars that your office is based on. This is, what are we trying to do? Like, for example, I think the ultimate goal for me, for my office is, I need to get as many people in the office as possible, solve their problems, and keep them coming back, okay? Now, there's ways that we do that, you? but I just want as many people in the office as possible. I want to solve their problems and keep them coming back. I think if they get one experience with me as the eye doctor, they will keep coming back because I will be unique. I'll do more than they've ever had. I'll have a great bedside manner. This is the, you know, call it being a naive or, you know, big-headed, whatever. That's my belief. I operate every day like that. I hope you guys have that belief in yourself, and if you don't, you need to fix that. But that's my my big Thing, right? That's my ultimate goal to get me where I want to go. The staff, I hope they know that, but I want them to see that. I want to pull it out of them. What do you think we do at the office? Okay. Then I ask them, what are the three most important things you do at the office? All right. This is very good to see what they kind of like and what they think is important, right? There's a lot of tasks that they do on a day-to-day basis. And some of them mean a lot. Like for example. Taking a phone call and getting the appointment set up and getting their email address, getting their address, getting their contact information, all of these things, setting the expectation for the exam may seem trivial trivial, and whatnot, but getting all that information is core and key to me reaching out and pulling them back in year after year. If you don't take the time to get those little details, it stops the machine from operating at max potential right? And I need to know if they value that. I need to know if they don't like doing that. I need to know what they feel is important that they do. If it falls in line with what I think is important, that's awesome. I'm doing something right. If they think the things that are important, you don't really value as much, then guess what? You need to realign the culture, realign what you're emphasizing. They're getting this from somewhere. They don't just think it's important. They thought it's important because either the manager said that, that your unsaid actions are making them think this is what the most important thing is. Like if you always yell at them for doing X, Y, or Z, but in your mind, you value you know th- this over here. What do you think they, they and they don't talk about it, what do you think they think is important? The thing they're getting yelled at for, right? So again, good for you to see how you're managing, how you're guiding them, right? What are the three things that are most important that you do at the office, most important. Then I ask them, what are the two things, regardless of value, that you dislike doing here? Okay, this can be anything, right? I hate it when uh, I have to, I'm in the middle of uh, writing up a hard card, you know, your, your sheet in order, and I have to go do a workup, or I'm in the middle of doing this, and you pull me away to go into optical again, right? Like, things like that. Again, this will help see what they enjoy doing, what they don't like doing. Some of the stuff you're not going to change. It's just the part of the job. Like if you have to deliver bad news to a patient because their uh, frames aren't going to be there for another week, that's, that's what we have to do. Tune in to episode 76 because we're talking about how to deliver bad news to a patient. I can really help you with that. But you have to find out what these things are and then see if they don't like it because you're not giving the tools or what what's the reason for it. Okay. What do they not like doing? And if you can fix it, you'd be surprised how many things come up and you're like, whoa, that's, I didn't know you didn't like that. I can fix that right now. We, we make a better office, right? So you need to know where they stand. Number four, this is cru- crucial. Do you feel empowered to solve problems, right? If they don't feel empowered, that's the Biggest reason why someone will leave an office. They just didn't have enough value. They couldn't help people out and they felt helpless, useless, not worth being at this job, right? I gladly did this with my staff. Everyone felt empowered to solve problems. That's awesome. That means I'm doing something right, okay? Uh, Then I asked them, what are your work goals? What are your personal goals? This is important. Work goals and personal goals are two separate things. You need to know what they want to do because if you can help them get there, That's again incentive to keep doing what they're doing, to keep working at your office. You know it's hard to get good help. If you can find out what they want out of life and use your position to help them get it, don't think that doesn't resonate. Don't think they don't know that and see that and see what their other co work their friends are doing in other jobs and knowing they're not getting the support that you're giving them. That that does a ton for keeping the patient, your staff happy. All right. So know those, help out where you can, and then revisit those goals throughout the year. You know, how is this going? Has that changed? You know, you want to care, right? Some of these things don't mean anything to you, but it should, if you're really trying to empathize, connect, be a great leader, you have to know what they value outside of the job, right? I asked them, how can we improve the business? Okay. Again, you're looking for this, do they, have, is, do they have the ability to lead? Do they have the ability to see things that you're missing? Remember, you're in the, in the exam room, you're trying to work on the office, etc., but you miss a lot of things. They get a lot of conversations with patients that you don't get privy to. The patient will also tell them things that they won't tell you. If they can give you feedback, if they know a pain point and you're just you didn't ask, you didn't get this, It's a shame on you. You're, again, not doing your job as CEO, leader of the office. So get their information. You know, it may do nothing. It may help and be groundbreaking. And then lastly, I always ask them, how can I improve your work environment? You know, if I can help, if I can fix it, I got some crazy things that I never thought. Like one, uh, the vacuum needs to be fixed. I'll get a new vacuum. Deal. Easy. Make your life better. Just get a new vacuum. Done. Uh, We have a... Tinted windows in the back, because of daylight savings, it's really dark. One of the staff members says, it gets really dark back here. Could we have like a stand light that we put over when we're changing screws? Yes, absolutely. How come no one said this to me? Well, I didn't ask, right? I finally asked, I got this. Easy fix. These are the things that are happening in your office that the staff is complaining about. They're talking to everyone else. It's just, yeah, it's always like this. And you will fix it, but you didn't ask the question. Right? So again, prep it. Now, once I get this, I'm going to look over everything. I'm going to see their skill set, kind of look at my organizational chart. Where do I want people to go? How do I want them to develop? Do I have backups over backups? Like, is there overlapping where if someone leaves in the new year, uh, do I have that spot covered? but I'm going to take all of these things and that's going to help me form my evaluation. As you can see, I'm now a lawyer that's prepared for cross-examination, for looking at the witness and knowing what's going on, right? Use the analogy, you know what I mean. But that's what you need to do to make your office better, to give a great evaluation for your staff and have a an awesome 2022. Now, remember that you need to do this with your leadership as well. So your managers and then if your manager is going to help go be an evaluation after you do this, make sure you share this information with them. They want to see it. They'll be surprised. And remember what we talk about with feedback. Don't take it personally. If they say something that you're doing, are you really doing it? Are you going to change it? It's an issue. It's not personal. You cannot punish them for giving you honest and true feedback. Obviously, if it's egregious, there's some big issue, it has to be done. But for the most part, you just have to take this realize you're the boss but there has to be a level of trust where if they tell you something you're not going to hold it against them all right so that's how you improve your office that's how you're gonna have an awesome 2022 tune in we'll have more for you next week are right, my friends a little office talk so as we get towards the end of the year something that has been on my mind and it's a commonly said thing is that you need to work on the office, not in the office, right? If you're the CEO, if you're the leader, you have to work on the office, not in the office. And it is so hard to do. And honestly, a lot of you, I mean, if you are listening to this, you're trying, right? I listen to all kinds of information, trying to get it and I gather it, but to implement it, to really work on the office is really stinking hard right you have to set aside time you have to have like even if you have time then the amount of effort and energy to implement anything you want to change so difficult right you spend so much energy just keeping the ship moving forward right and then you want to grow and be better and expand oh, it's exhausting and i think that's uh that just has to be a conscious effort like i've made a lot of big strides this past year and a bunch of things I want to do I never got to right but having the perspective to look back see where you were at a year ago and see how far you've come I think is very useful but also a good indicator of what what's going on and we'll get to this in the closing thought but always take stock write down what you want to accomplish what you're doing and don't be afraid to pivot. All right? If you think you're going to have the most amazing myopia management practice, you do all the stuff, set up all the protocols and this, and you get into it, you don't like it, is it really worth you being your head up against the wall to do it? Or if it's hard, do you think, is it worth going? No. Like You've got to fail a million times to find the one thing that actually sticks and works, right? So keep working at it. Don't think that just because you haven't found time that you're never going to do it and quit, Right. Keep staying at it, set aside time on your calendar weekly to work on the office. Easier said than done, but do that, go from there. You know, this week was, uh, this an interesting week. One of the things that came up when I was talking to my intern was, you know, how often do you look at frames or you're switching these out? And I've talked to her about this, she's come to a frame meeting, but I kind of went over, no, we switch out our frame inventory about every three months and she's like, oh, so what, do you just pick the frames you don't like and pick them? I go, well, we look at the inventory and we track these. If they're not moving, they're not gonna, we're not gonna keep them around. And she's like, oh, all right. Is it, is there a certain time frame or whatnot? And I kind of smiled and laughed and said, well, when I first started, um, if it happened over like summer or whatnot, if I took a frame in spring and it happened over summer, I give them a little bit more time. But because I've done so well this year, we've, Every month has been just, you know, really going gangbusters. I'm like, if it doesn't sell in the three months that I've had it, it's not going to sell. Like it has to sell at least one or two times in that time frame. Otherwise, I need to get out of the office. And I just let her know that it's like everything else in life. Like you can have all the best laid plans. You can have, uh, you know, what your rep tells you and whatnot, but the consumer, the customer never lies. If they like it, if they see value in it, they will buy it, they'll pay for it, and they'll keep keep going after it. If they don't see value, if they don't like it, I don't care what you tell them how unique or handcrafted it is or just it's an awesome frame design. If it doesn't speak to them, they're not buying it. So that's what I love about frames and inventory is the proof's in the pudding. If it moves, it moves. And even if it was good, you know, six months ago, new stuff comes in and it might be better. And that's what you have to be able to look at and adapt. Don't be beholden to any one frame line or any one style. See where the seasons take you and go from there. We have frames that have been in the office since I opened, you know, handful. And then we have frames that are bestsellers for about six months and they never move again. I can't tell you the rhyme or reason why, but seasons come seasons go make sure you're looking at the inventory and not being beholden to what something's done in the past what have you done for me lately tune in and we'll have more for you next week we're aware oh, the time go we're to the closing thought of the episode and if you haven't noticed the theme i'm doing a lot of end of the year stuff right now why because it's the end of the year oh, great this is the perfect time this came out because oh yes i know coincidence, right? Anyways, one of the things that I've always, I've heard maybe 10 years ago and I, I really truly love because I can look at it now with a 10 year perspective is that we as humans, we'll call it us as ultimate ODs, overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, but we severely underestimate what we can accomplish in 10. Okay. So as you're going through, you're setting the goals for next year, you're looking at everything. Guess what? You're going to accomplish, if you're lucky, 50% of the goals you're going after. And that's if you're actually being true to yourself and trying to accomplish some big things. You know, if you're happy with where you're at, you're complacent. Don't worry about that stat. You have other problems and you probably aren't listening to this podcast. That being said, if you set the goals like you want to, you're going to do all these things. If you get 50%, you're doing good. Maybe slightly discouraging, but don't lose sight of if you do that every year over 10 years how far you will come. Okay. I'm 10 years into this running my own office. I'm a year and a half into podcasting. And I'll tell you this right now. I thought I'd be a little bit better when I first started, but I've made a ton of gains and it's coming. Things are growing. I love it, but I have that big picture mentality. What I've done in the office, I've been applying to the podcast. What I've done in the office, I'm applying to my relationship with my wife and kids. What I learned in the office, I'm applying to all walks of life. It's not going to happen overnight. The things that you want to do, I know exactly how to get you there. Just unfortunately, it takes time and it's slow. So that's uh, that's what I have for you. Dr. Lily. out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.